Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to Skin Crawl, a radio drama podcast. The greatest radio drama horror podcast of all time. Created by Skinner. It will scare the hell out of you. who came creepy crawling back to old Raleigh. You, you did. And I am super proud of your crawling. By golly, Dad Gummit, you've gotten very good. Look at you. I'm kind of like a proud papa over here, I guess. Come a little closer and pull up a stump, you disturbing freak, because the raw man has a story to tell you, by gum. Yep. Turns out things will come crawling, creeping, creaking, hunting, and hiding, and you better be able to spot the things that are looking for you. Keep that rancid little head on a swivel, okay? They say there's things living in the ground, and they know all about us. Well, guess what? I don't want to know about them, and I don't want to know why they're here either. I'm tired of being observed by the hideous countenance of a diabolical intelligence with the cold insect mind. Aren't you? Or shambling things. Uh, shambling mindless avatars of malevolence. The worst, I tell you. I tell you, your crawling is great, but your shambling could use some work. Hey, no talk back. I'm the big dog around here. Just listen up if you got the stones. I call this one the shed. Raul, I want to make sure you get the picture of the missing girl in the shot behind me. Oh, uh, how's my hair? You look great, Dana. How's my hair? <laughs> <laughs> you look fantastic, Raul. Oh. oh, God. I am not looking forward to interacting with these bumpkins. That's a little harsh, don't you think? We're here because they lost a beloved member of the community. Maybe approach with a tad bit more sympathy. You're accusing me of being unsympathetic? Do you see this circus? None of this bullshit has anything to do with Jeannie Netherwood. This is all performative grief peacocking. We're literally at a memorial for the girl. Come on, you're better than that. Mark my words, Raoul. 
I came from a small town just like this. Pretty close to here, actually. They don't care about Jeannie. It all becomes a pissing contest, all about who was the closest to her, who was the saddest, who deserves the most pats on the back. In all my research into Jeannie's social media, it seems like she was a quiet teenager with one or two close friends, of whom didn't participate in any community events or any organized extracurriculars. It looked like she just liked to sit in her room at night and write fanfiction with other lonely people on the internet. So why the fanfare? Why the entire church choir for a church she didn't even belong to? Why the potluck? Huh? There's a narcissism that permeates towns like this. Ugh, someone should really study it someday. Whatever you say, my friend. Just maybe come off that high horse for the interviews? I don't think I'll be able to fit it in frame. <laughs> ha ha. I deserve that. Oh, let me grab this guy. He looks like he might be willing to talk. You all set? Ready when you are, my dear. Sir? Sir? May I ask you some questions about the disappearance of Jeannie Netherwood? Yeah, I'll be on the news. Give me a shout out to a boy Cooter first. Sure. Knock yourself out. What's up, Cooter? You still owe me 25 bucks, you son of a bitch. Oh, shit. I mean, uh, shoot. <clears throat> sorry, sorry for cursing, lady. It's fine. We aren't live. We can edit around it. What's your name? Oh, shit. I mean, shoot. Uh, it, it's Brian. Brian Johansson. Uh, class 2016. Go Wildcats! Cute. So, Brian, what can you tell us about Jeannie? Who? Oh, the dead girl! Yeah, no, uh, my little sister was in her class. Uh, they took sides together, so it's, <clears throat> it, it's hitting my family pretty hard. Jeannie actually hasn't been declared deceased yet. You said your sister was a classmate of hers. Were they close? For sure, they were so close. They was in science every day together. They had Mr. Wall. Man, that guy was such a tool. We always just call him Mr. Balls. Uh, uh, anyway, Mindy, uh, that, that's my little sister. Uh, Mindy said Jeannie even uh, did a group project with her one time. So, you know, she's she's going through that grief counseling group for uh, people who uh, missed the dead, uh, the, uh, the missing girl. Did Jeannie and your sister ever hang out outside of science class? No, because, like... Mindy's got a lot of friends in junk, and I don't know Jeannie had many friends, and Mindy's busy with, like, school newspaper, being class president and stuff, so you know how high school is. Just, just different circles and all, man. So, Mindy never spent any significant social time with Jeannie, but she's going to grief counseling? <coughs> <coughs> okay. Thanks, Brian. I think we got what we needed. Hey, no problem. Hey, oh, when can I watch this? My mom's gonna be so stoked. I'm not really sure. <laughs> I'm just the reporter, not the segment producer. Scooter, bro! I just done said your name on the TV! You owe me five dollars. I don't remember making a bet. Plus, that was an idiot kid. Why don't we interview a grown-up before making assumptions about an entire community? Huh. Buckle up, buddy. We're not done yet. Ma'am? Ma'am? Would it be okay if we asked you a few questions on camera about Jeannie Netherwood? Oh, well, yes, I suppose that's okay. Great. Can you tell us your name and how you know Jeannie? Hello. 
My name is Gladys Fieldwell. I'm the secretary at Grace Baptist. My brother-in-law works down at the school as a custodian, and he had to clear out that poor girl's locker to give the belongings to the parents. It's been very hard on him, and our family has really rallied around him during this time. Do you happen to have any word on how Jeannie's parents are handling the sudden disappearance of their daughter? Well, I just think if they would have had that girl in church, this wouldn't have happened. I mean, kids these days running around like hooligans, not respecting the word of God like we did as children. If I had pulled a little stunt like this, my daddy would have found me with his hunting dogs and beat the tar out of me. All this gentle parenting. Proverbs 13.24 tells us, Whoever spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him is diligent to discipline him. So you believe that Jeannie Netherwood is a runaway? Oh, well, (laughs) I don't like to gossip, but when my brother-in-law was cleaning that locker out, he found a sheet of paper where she'd written Danny Duke Pine Hollow. So I think she may have had some boyfriend she was running off to meet. Pine Hollow. Is that the town that was abandoned in the 1950s? Under mysterious circumstances? Nothing very mysterious about the mines running dry and the town dying out. It happens all the time around these parts. We even have a member of our church who lived there as a child, Sister Reynolds. And I assure you, as much as that woman loves to talk, she would have mentioned any mysterious circumstances. Is Miss Reynolds here today? I would love to speak with her. Oh, honey, no. She's not in good health. Hasn't even been attending Sunday service the past couple of weeks. Since that girl went missing, in fact. She's got to be about 90 years old. And the news seemed to have shaken her up a bit. I took a few strawberry pies by the assisted living home the other day, and she just kept asking questions about the case and the girl and if there were any updates. Poor dear. The elderly can be quite sensitive. Let us feel well. Who are you calling elderly? You yourself just turned 72 in February. Now, I know you'd hate for folks to be gossiping about yous if you're feeble and oatmeal brain to the local news. Mr. Martin, I was doing no such thing. I don't believe in gossip. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to go look over the bake sale. We're raising funds to start a Sunday school program completely focused on our local teens. Keep them on the right path, following the Lord. We don't want any more Jenny Netherwoods on our hands. Since that old bitty is busy, I'd be happy to talk to you. I was the mayor of this town from 87 to 93, so I can tell you anything you'd like to know. Great. Well, first of all, what's your name, sir? Charles S. Martin, but everyone calls me Chuck. Mr. Martin? Uh Uh-uh, Chuck. Mr. Martin was my father. Chuck, got it. Well, I'm just here asking around about the disappearance of Jeannie Netherwood. Oh, that poor girl. Isn't it a beautiful thing to see a community come together like this? Really makes me proud to have been born and raised here. You can see we've set up a stage. My niece's daughter is going to be singing a little later with the school choir up there. Jim Sales brought the big smoker from his restaurant. Now we have the bake sale. If you haven't grabbed a piece of Edna May's pecan pie, then you best hurry. It goes fast and it's the best you'll ever have. 
Local business also donated the bouncy houses for the kids. What does that have to do with the disappearance of Jeannie Netherwood? What does any of this have to do with the disappearance of Jeannie Netherwood? Dana. No, Raul. She's a child, and you're all carrying on like you're at a carnival. Well, young lady, maybe in the city where you don't even know your neighbors, this may look a little quaint, maybe even a little strange. But this is what real salt-of-the-earth people do. We come together and find solace in the community. We all do our part. In fact, without this gathering today, and the work of the good people in this town making sure every news outlet from here to Mississippi was informed, your little news station wouldn't even know about Jenny. Jeannie. Her name is Jeannie. I think we got what we need, Dana. I think you're right, Raul. Thank you for your time, Mr. Martin. Anytime I can remind you city folks about who the real backbone of this country is, I take pleasure in it. And this has been a pleasure. Now, when is this going to be on TV? You owe me five fucking dollars. Again? We never made a bet. How about I buy you a cheeseburger on our way back to civilization? (laughs) A double cheeseburger and a chocolate shake. That's a deal. (laughs) Before we get that cheeseburger... What would you say to stopping by the local assisted living facility? Assisted living? What? Ah, you want to go see that old lady. I noticed that caught you up a little bit. What's the deal with that town? You think Jeannie might be there? I told you. I grew up in a small town not far from here. I know Gladys said it was just a dead mining town. But when I was a kid, there were all these rumors about Pine Hollow. Stuff like there was some kind of accident and the whole town was... Huh. <laughs> was... What? It just sounds so stupid to say out loud. It was something local parents made up to keep us kids out of the woods. Pine Hollow was only a half a day's hike from where I lived. And I'm sure it was just a guarantee we didn't end up breaking our necks trying to explore those old mines. Oh, come on. I got a no or no cheeseburger. They said that one day, this boy was wandering around the woods with his dog. Well, they came across this shed. And being such a curious kid, he went up to it. I mean, could you think of a better clubhouse to have than a cool old shed out in the woods? So they go up to it. And then something eats or grabs his dog. The story changed from person to person, You know, some people said the dog just went in and never came out. Others say tentacles shot out from underneath the shed and pulled the dog into the ground. I know. So this kid, he runs back to town and tries to flag down anyone he can try to get to help saving his dog. Of course, no one believes him. Except for one old lady. The town crazy. Or so they thought. It turns out... (laughs) She was a witch. She and the boy tried to use a spell to get the dog back and kill the thing in the forest. But something went wrong. Instead, they turned the whole town into these blue monsters. And it gets muddy from there. Somehow, the government found out and came in and exterminated all the monsters. 
But they missed a few. And to top it off, as if that wasn't enough nightmare fuel for a kid, they said that they never found the source of what turned the whole town into those things. You know, the thing in the shed. So anyone who ever goes to Pine Hollow either gets eaten by monsters or is turned into one. Magic spells, blue monsters? You really believe that shit? Hey, when you're nine and your friend's big sister tells that story in a dark basement with a flashlight underneath her chin, it's a lot more effective. <sighs> but to answer your question, no, I don't. The point is, I did. And Jeannie is what, 14? I know that isn't nine, but she was very much online. She probably heard the same spooky stories I did, except I didn't have access to the entire internet to feed my curiosity. Look, I just Googled Pine Hollow Mystery Town and I got like a thousand hits. I bet she found something that made it all seem real and she decided to go poke around at it for herself. Okay, but if she believed all this stuff, why would she willingly go to the place with the monsters and the witches? First of all, it was only one witch and she was one of the good guys. Second of all, I honestly wouldn't doubt if Jeannie went out there with the intent to film the abandoned town just to go viral. From what I'm seeing on all these sites, the one thing they're all missing is any modern day pictures. There are some black and white pictures of the town in its heyday, but you'd think some modern explorers would be champing at the bit to go check this place out. Like I said, it's in the woods, but it isn't exactly buried deep. Okay, I'll play detective with you. But first, we need to notify the police about this. What if it's something they haven't thought of yet? What if that custodian never told them? Also, who is Danny? I don't know, some internet friend? You know, maybe that old bat was right and it was a boyfriend? Huh, you're right though. So, hey, why don't you look up the address for the assisted living facility? And I'll call the police while we drive over. Deal. Rankin County non-emergency line, how can I help you? Hi, hello. My name is Dana Leach. I'm a reporter for a nearby news station and I think I may have gotten a tip about Jeannie Netherwood today during an interview. I see. Well, I can take that down and pass it along to see if it's of any use to the team investigating that case. Great. Can I get your name, please? In case I need to call back or clarify who I spoke with? Uh, hello? I'm Deputy Roberts. Now, what is this tip? I don't have time to be on the phone chit-chatting all day. Okay, well, I believe Jeannie may have wandered up to Pine Hollow, the abandoned mining town. Possibly to meet a boy named Danny Duke. Pine Hollow. Boy named Danny. I'll pass this along, Miss Leach, but between you and me, that girl just ran away. Her parents are junkies. She's just looking to get out of a bad situation. She don't want to be found. But she's 14 years old. She's a child. She needs to be found. I mean, wait. Are you even actually looking for her? Are you suggesting I don't know how to do my job, Miss Leach? I don't know. Do you make it a habit of sitting on your ass while children are in danger? Good day to you, Miss Leach. 
Oh my fucking God, that prick just hung up on me. Jesus. We have to find this girl. These motherfuckers aren't even trying. Well, we're almost at the assisted living facility. Maybe Miss Reynolds will tell us something useful. I hope so, Raul. I really fucking hope so. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello there. What brings you to Plainview today? Are you here to visit someone special? Yes, actually. I'm here to see a Miss Reynolds. I'm a reporter in town doing a story on... on close-knit communities and how they uphold their respect for the elderly. We'd love to talk to Miss Reynolds about her secret for a long and godly life. Oh, well, that sounds wonderful. Just wait here and I'll check to see if Miss Reynolds is up for surprise visitors. We have many other elderly members of the community here as well. Do you... No. I mean, no. <laughs> um, Gladys Fieldwell sent us... Uh, she specifically wanted us to talk to Miss Reynolds. You see, we're working with the church on this story. Oh, well, that's lovely. Mrs. Fieldwell runs our Paws and Prayers Circles program. If she said to speak to Miss Reynolds, then I will get her right away. You can wait in our visitor's lounge, fourth door on the right down the hall. Feel free to help yourselves to the coffee machine in there. Thank you. For what? For jumping in back there. She definitely wouldn't have gone for... Hey, we're here to interrogate an old woman about a missing teenage girl. Ah, no problem. I'm just starting to get the vibe around here. Here we are, the visitor's lounge. After you. <laughs> Why, thank you, kind sir. Say, can I interest you in a selection of the finest off-brand coffee pods? Why, yes. I will take a dark roast, no cream, if they have it. Coming right up. <laughs> Mrs. Reynolds, these are the people I told you about. They're reporters here to do a story on you. You behave now. I can hear you, girl. Now leave us alone. I don't need a babysitter. Okay, Mrs. Reynolds. I'll just be down the hall if you need anything. You should come get me if she gets too sassy. She can be a bit of a handful. I can hear you. Now go! Leave us alone! Okay. Have fun, kids. Oh, uh, you must think everything she just said was true. I'm sorry for my dour mood. I just hate it when they treat me like a child. I'm a grown woman with all my faculties. Uh, maybe hard of hearing, but I'm not a baby. I'd be in a sour mood, too, if I had to deal with that. Miss Reynolds, I'm Dana Leach. This is my colleague. His name is Raul De La Rosa. I have to admit right off the bat that we weren't exactly honest about what we're here to talk to you about. Oh? Yes, so we're actually here to talk to you about Jeannie Netherwood. Oh, that poor girl... 
Have there been any updates? Did they find something? Is that why you're here? They said Gladys sent you, and I told her I wanted to be kept abreast of the situation. No, there haven't been any updates. But, well, I was interviewing Gladys earlier, and she mentioned her brother-in-law found a note in Jeannie's locker. It said, Danny Duke, Pine Hollow. Danny? Mrs. Reynolds, are you all right? Let me get you some water. Do you know who Danny is, Miss Reynolds? Is he your grandson, or...? Danny isn't my grandson. Danny is a boy I knew a long time ago. How much do you know about Pine Hollow? I grew up near here, so I know all the stories. Gladys Fieldwell said it was just an old mining town that dried up, and the stories I heard as a kid were... Impossible. Tales about government secrets and monsters. <laughs> yes. We think that Jeannie must have found out about these stories and gotten a little carried away and run off to explore Pine Hollow for herself. But like you said, the stories are impossible. Before you decide what is fact or fiction, let me tell you about the day I left Pine Hollow. The day my entire world turned upside down. Here's her water, ma'am. Thank you, young man. Uh, now, it was near the end of August in 1952. I was 16 years old. My mother and I had been visiting an aunt all summer, and my father had joined us for two weeks before we all drove back home together. When I left that June, I had no idea it was the last time I would ever see my room, my things, my clothes, my records, my books. We didn't get back to town until nightfall. When we approached, it was nothing short of chaos. There were military vehicles posted on the only road that led in and out of town. Men with rifles and camouflage taking orders from other men wearing black suits. Beyond the barricade, the town was on fire. The whole town engulfed in flames, but not some kind of wildfire. These were purposeful, contained, being watched over by more camouflaged men. One of the men in suits came to my father's window and told him there was an accident and we had to leave. He said that a pocket of gas was released from one of the mines and it ignited, causing a large explosion. I heard the words he said, and I was taught to respect men in authoritative positions, but I also know what I saw. This was not the shattered remains after an explosion. I had seen pictures of what that looked like from World War II. There was no broken glass or irregular damage, 
I was just a girl, though. I knew I had to be mistaken. That was until I saw them. My father was distracted talking to the man in the black suit, but I know my mother saw them too. We spoke of it once, but it felt like they could hear us, like we were calling to them. So we never spoke of them again. What did you see, Miss Reynolds? Monsters. Piles of dead monsters. They had blue-tinged skin, and they were wearing the clothes of our friends and neighbors. I even saw one wearing the pink pajama set I had bought from my best friend Daisy for her birthday that May. We didn't have to look at them for long. The briefest moment later, they were also set on fire. That's absolutely terrible. I am so sorry you had to witness something so horrific. If you don't mind me asking, what happened after? Where did you go? The government wanted desperately to keep everything quiet. I'm honestly surprised they didn't shoot us all in the head right there. I don't know why they let us go. Uh, Maybe they didn't know we saw the monsters. Uh, Anyway, uh, they put us up in a hotel nearby for the night. The next morning, a man came by and gave my father an envelope with a check the size of which bought us a new, nicer house in another town and kept us quite comfortable until my father found a new job. The man also reiterated what the other man said the night before, that this was all just a tragic accident. Just a pocket of natural gas that was disrupted by the miners. Probably ignited by a cigarette. I never forgot those blue creatures, though. Especially the one wearing Daisy's pajamas. I had nightmares about them every night for years. I still have them from time to time. I lost my whole life that night. My friends, my school, my home and also my idea that monsters were just something that existed in books or movies. If that girl went into those woods, you have to find her. There's no telling if whatever it is that stole so many lives is still out there. We will find her. We will. Raul, let's go. We have to get out of here and save Jeannie. Just a second, Dane. Mrs. Reynolds, before we go, if you don't mind me asking, who is Danny? Danny was our newspaper boy. He also used to cut our grass sometimes for extra money. His parents weren't very parental, to say the least. He was the only townsperson I saw alive that night. He's alive? You said you've heard the stories about Pine Hollow. 
So you know that it all started with a boy and his dog finding an old shed in the woods? Yes. Uh, Danny was that boy. His dog's name was Duke. The sweetest golden retriever. Danny Duke. Pine Hollow. When I saw him that night, he was being put into a big black car by one of the men in suits. Uh, You know those photos from the old wars of young men experiencing shell shock? Their eyes wide and empty? Some even have big, menacing grins on their faces? Yes. Yes. That was the face of Danny that night. A boy whose mind was completely shattered. What happened to him after that? I tracked him down in the early 70s. He was in a mental asylum the next county over. I went there. I needed to see him. To understand what I saw that night. He was a broken man. His life was robbed from him just as it had been from all the rest of the townspeople. He was so happy to see me. Even though so much time had passed, he recognized me. He remembered our house had a yellow door and my mother always brought him out a ham sandwich and a lemonade when he cut the grass. It seemed like it felt nice for him to remember that. He told me that he and Duke had found something in the woods that day. These human-sized creatures with vibrant blue skin and red eyes like cicadas. When they came for Danny, Duke tried to protect him. He tried to save his boy. But when he got closer to them, Danny said tentacles came out of the ground and took Duke. When he went back to town for help, the only person who would listen was this old lunatic named Rose Conifer. We all thought she was a witch. According to Danny, we were right. She tried to help him, but they went to the woods where that thing had taken Duke. He said he even fought off many of the blue creatures with his little league bat. Rose read a spell from an old book. It looked like they had won, but she told him something had gone wrong. The last words she said to Danny were, I didn't keep my mind empty. I didn't keep my mind empty. What does that mean? I don't know, but when he ran away, back to town. They were all monsters. Blue skin, red eyes, just like the things in the woods. Every single one of them. He said he managed to hide under someone's porch. The military showed up three days later. Imagine being stuck under a porch in the blazing sun. Being eaten by mosquitoes, no food or water. Surrounded by creatures who used to be your neighbors for days. It's no wonder the poor boy lost his mind. How did the military know to show up? That 
I have no answer for. I have no earthly idea how they could have known. Unless they already knew. What if they knew about the thing under the shed? Hell, what if they're the ones who put it there? This could be huge! We can't take on the entire U.S. military. Let's just start with finding Jeannie first. You're right, Miss Reynolds. Thank you so much for your time. We'll let you know right away when we find her. Oh, please do. I'm just glad I could be of help. It's not often I feel very useful these days. Mrs. Reynolds, just one more thing. I have to know. What happened to Danny after you went to see him? Did he ever get out of the asylum? After our visit, I noticed a nail file was missing from my purse. I, I didn't realize it until that evening. By the time I called to warn them, he had already used it to take his own life. Oh, please, go now. Don't let that town take another soul. This is it. Pull off here. We have to walk the rest of the way. It's getting dark, so we better hurry or we'll have to wait until tomorrow. I don't want us to get lost ourselves. I didn't realize how late it had gotten. Damn it. Genie? Genie! 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 I know you may be scared, but you're not in trouble. We just want to make sure you're okay. <gasps> Raul, come look at this. Holy mother of God. Is that the shed? I don't know. It could be. Let's steer clear. I don't know about tentacle monsters, but there could be something dangerous like radioactivity or something that made all those people sick. You think they just got sick? Look. I'm not doubting some big government cover-up happened, but I'm inclined to believe it was less witches and creatures, and more to do with something toxic in the mines and groundwater, or some kind of Philadelphia experiment-type shit. Say, you know, this looks like an overgrown trail. I bet if we follow it, it'll lead us to the top. What the fuck was that? Something moving in the brush over there. Genie! Genie! Genie, we just want to help! Raul, don't! Dana, we have to find. Dana. Run! I think. I think. I think we shook it off. Please don't tell me that was a fucking. Blue monster. Yep. It looked like it was wearing Korean War era camouflage. Seems like these things fought back once the military got here and... Uh, fucking hell. Turned some of them. How are you so calm right now? Did you not just see what I saw? It had blue skin and red eyes. Just like Danny said. He wasn't crazy. God, what the fuck is happening? You sat there and heard Mrs. Reynolds. What did you think we were going to find? I don't know. Rusty fences. Some old metal signs warning people to stay out of the area. 
a scared teenage girl who just got lost in the woods because of the stories of a disturbed little boy and a woman who was in shock after tragically losing all of her friends and loved ones who started to believe her own PTSD-induced nightmares. <sighs> Not an actual fucking blue creature with red eyes popping out of its head. Calm down. Also, please stop screaming. We don't want to attract any more attention to ourselves. Looks like we made it to the town, or what's left of it. They really burned this place to the ground. You can hardly tell anything was ever here except for the paved roads. Everything else has been swallowed by the forest already. Nature will always take back what's hers. Hey, please don't be upset, but I think we need to get back to the news van and leave. This is more than we both bargained for. We can't fight these things. We don't even have flashlights. I think we need to go back and regroup. Contact the police. Hell, maybe even try the National Guard. But we're just as vulnerable as a 14-year-old girl standing. I hate to say it, but you're right. Maybe we'll spot Jeannie on the way back. But I'm having an existential crisis about all I've ever thought was real. And I'm not exactly Rambo, and neither are you. So it's probably best if we call in backup. And, ow! I think something just threw a rock at me. I, I think that's Jeannie. Look, in the brush. She's motioning for us to come over. Oh my God, Dane, we found her. Keep your voices down. They'll find us. Uh, are you Jeannie Netherwood? Yes, who the hell are you? I'm Dana. I'm a reporter, and this is my cameraman, Raul. We came to cover your story, and we figured out you must be out here. So we wanted to help find you. Cool. So do you guys have, like, a car or something nearby? We have a news van, but it's going to be difficult to get to with that thing out there. Thing? You only saw one of them? There are more? Like, a lot more. What are you doing out here anyway? I wanted prove the stories were true. For Danny. How do you know about Danny? I grew up hearing the stories and reading about him on the internet. But I just wanted to see for myself how true they were. So I went to this lady in town, Mrs. Reynolds. She grew up here, you know? She told me about him. I spent a lot of time with her. I started going to see her every weekend. I mean, when I wasn't going to see her to talk about what Pine Hollow was like, I was trying to find whatever I could to prove that Danny wasn't crazy. He was a lonely kid with parents who didn't care. Just like me. He doesn't deserve to be known as just some crazy boy. You knew Miss Reynolds. That's why she's been so worried about you. Why wouldn't she tell someone that you were out here? I, I pr promised her I would never come out here. I swore. She trusted me. I think she really believed me. You guys, we have to get out of here. It's almost dark. If we wait much longer, I'm going to lose my sense of direction and won't be able to get us back to the van. We just have to be really quiet. We seem more like zombies than anything. Maybe it would be better if we split up. I'll go get the van. Raul, you stay with Jeannie and protect her. That trail wasn't as bad as I thought. The van can definitely make it. Then we can take these paved roads out to the old road. I bet it opens up on the highway. I think that's the best option we have right now. Just be careful. The dangerous part is, I think you'll have to meet me by the shed. 
There's no way the van will be able to go off the trail. And I can't cut through here. I should only be 10 minutes tops. Just find a spot to hide, and I'll open the side door. And you guys can just jump in. Be careful, Dane. Hey. <laughs> you still owe me a cheeseburger, remember? <laughs> After this, I'll buy you 10 cheeseburgers. <laughs> are some ugly motherfuckers. Is that one wearing a brown dress? That one has a leisure suit on. Jesus, they've just been turning whatever poor souls stumble out here over the decades. Oh my god, you piece of shit, could you be louder? Here we go. Thank God. They're there, and no monsters in. And then tentacles came out of the Ma'am, you need to slow down. They swallowed them up. Officer, she's clearly mentally disturbed. But you mentioned she's dangerous? Some of our local elders said she was at the performance service for that poor missing girl. They didn't want anyone to know. Deputy Roberts? I called you, remember? I found her in the news I van. I called you. No sign and of you can't partner. put me away. Warner. You can't do this to me. There's a fucking We have a suspicion monster. that they may have been responsible for the girl's disappearance. Maybe something went wrong and she offered both of them. Their bodies are still missing, but the van was covered in blood. I personally have never seen or heard of her in my life. Mrs. Reynolds, you have a visitor? I'm here to take you to meet him. Oh, is it those news people? Did they find the girl? What news people? Oh, Mrs. Reynolds, you're having one of your bad days. No, it's a man in a black suit. He says he's with the government and just needs to have a word with you. Well, I see your knobby little knees are clanking together like the ghostly chains of a malnourished Dickinsonian specter. See that? I'm a poet, man. The sinister simile psycho, they call me. And by they, I mean my English teacher, whom holds the esteemed position of having never understood a single goddamn thing I've ever said. And that's fine. Everything's fine. And now may you continue the blessed tradition of crawling, ever crawling for Lord Raleigh, the greatest corpse of all. <laughs> okay, I'll see you next time. Bye. The Shed, written by Shelby Scott, starring Rissa Montanez as Dana, Giancarlo Herrera as Rawl, Jesse Hall as Brian, Alyssa Park as Gladys, Nate Dufort as Chuck, Damon Alums as Deputy Roberts, Tal Manier as the receptionist, Katrina Piscina as Miss Reynolds, B. Nar as Jeannie, Russ Moore as the doctor, and Skinner as Raleigh. Dialogue editor, Atticus Jackson. Sound design, Brad Colbrock. Music, Ryan Howes. Showrunner and director, Shelby Scott. Creative director, Skinner. Producer, Pacific S. Obadiah. Executive producers, Tom Owen and Brad Miska.
This is a Bloody FM show. For more information, visit bloody.fm.